The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotorol Football Show. I am Patrick Darney. Joined Thursday, February 1st. It's already the second month the year 2024 by Mr. Kyle Dvorak and Denny Carter. I almost said Denny Dvorak. Um, <laughs> That'd be a downgrade for Denny. Apparently need the season to officially, officially end. We're, we're, we're at the completion, guys, of the coaching carousel. The final two hires have been made. Um, the Seahawks hired 36-year-old Ravens defensive corner Mike McDonald, a member of both Harbaugh coaching trees. They've been kind of trading him back and forth uh, over the past years. Kind of interesting goings on with Mr. Mike McDonald. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the commanders, uh, then running back the Ron Rivera plan yeah. by hiring Dan Quinn. Almost like it's the, I already tweeted this, but I feel like it's the classic, the, the standard office meme. Like what was it? HR wants to know the difference between these two pictures. And uh, there is no difference. Same picture, Dan Quinn and Ron Rivera. But so spoiler alert there, I guess on our feelings on the hire, but we'll get to that. We'll discuss the most underwhelming, most impressive hires this cycle. Uh, Jaguars GM Trent Balky saying he has no doubt Trevor Lawrence is the Jaguars' long-term QB. I'm sure Denny will have something to say about that. But we're going to have some Kirk Cousins speculation, some Russell Wilson speculation, little overdue Ravens fallout from their AFC Championship game loss. A lot of stuff to get to today, guys. And I was about to say then, which brings us to uh, a riffing topic, but I don't have one. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't okay. have one. Well, uh, uh, I mean, just to – you know, get back just real quick to the Ravens. I'm sorry, the Seahawks news hiring Mike McDonald. One thing I don't like guys is being significantly older than NFL head coaches. And here's the thing. As I grow older, NFL teams are trending younger and that's not really helping matters. Like I used to like it when, you know, like Bill Parcells would be rehired at 74 years old. Whatever. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's a head coach. Now a head coach is someone who was born in 1992. And you're like, wait, what? I'm sorry. This is this. This cannot be happening. Bill Belichick knows what I'm talking about. This right? guy knows what I'm Am talking right? about. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Pete Carroll knows what we're talking about. Even Mike Vrabel, he's like 50. He knows what we're talking about. Uh, I guess we'll just start with the Seattle thing. Mike McDonald. Uh, I mean, he's kind of like the offensive version of like Bobby Slowick or yeah. Ben Johnson just to, or, or uh, Brandon Staley before him. It was really kind of the last time there was a whiz kid DC hire like this. I guess D'Amico Ryans fits there too. Uh, but I mean, uh, two years as Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, elite units built those years, had an elite year at Michigan 
in 2021. Then he was with John Harbaugh as the linebackers coach for that. So he's been ping ponging back and forth between John and Jim, but now he no longer has a Harbaugh uh, above him. He's running the show in Seattle, which have been run for 13, 14 years by Pete Carroll. It's going to be Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the NFL. Mike McDonald now might be the youngest. He and is, you, I believe. I, I think I'm he is. Sure yeah. That's correct. So Kyle, we'll go to you because you, as the youngest member of the show, maybe of the entire industry, you react. You knew that very quickly that Mike McDonald was the youngest coach in the entire NFL. I mean, on paper, it certainly seems like the kind of hire a team wants to be making young, like at the forefront of like the changes in football uh, coming from the right coaching trees. Uh, what else do you have to say about Mr. Mike McDonald in Seattle? Yeah, I think last year was the first year an NFL prospect was not uh, older than me. This is not related at all, but to the previous thing, <laughs> I literally have like uh, Dane Brugler's The Beast pulled up and I'm like control effing 1997. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, they've all aged. They've all aged to be uh, younger than me at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go on the defensive side of the ball, which like I think there's a lot of sort of discourse right now about where coaching hire should come from just on what side of the ball. And I generally agree that we should be with the way NFL, the game is played right now, hedging towards we, as if like I've been saying this, hedging towards offensive minds, because those are the guys we see winning most often. I believe in, if you include obviously this Super Bowl, because the teams are set, the past five Super Bowls are all head coaches who are on the offensive side of the ball. If you extend that back to eight years, I believe Dan Quinn actually gets lumped in but he had Kyle Shanahan, not that Kyle Shanahan was that coach, but Kyle Shanahan goes on to appear on that list multiple times now. And then Bill Belichick, obviously just the complete dynasty that he runs the gamut. And then you see the Seahawks pop up again there as well. But really recently, it's not just mostly offensive coaches. It's exclusively offensive coaches. That being said, if you were going to go on the other side of the ball, we see a few different paths, one of which Dan Quinn will talk about later. I'm not sure how much juice there is left to squeeze there. I think if Mike McDonald can be, and he has set up to be at least sort of on the cutting edge of the defensive side of the ball and all the other options are retreads on offense or retreads on defense, it's a perfectly fine hire to go with one of the best defensive minds up and coming in the NFL right now. The real threat on going defense is probably with trying to run back the Ron Rivera type of experiment. Yeah, which we'll get to in just one second. And Denny, so the Seahawks, they're nine and eight, so they don't have a good draft pick. Square in the middle of the pack. Uh, Their odds of getting a good quarterback this offseason don't seem particularly great. Uh, So, I mean, do you think it makes sense? This Do they have offensive weapons to maybe go all in on defense? Like, we're not going to get a QB. See, our edge is going to be getting back to being elite on defense like we were for the very best years of the Carroll mini dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see see this. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I do see this as uh, an attempt to get back to the glory years. Um, you know, as someone who lives in the Washington area, I know a little bit about that, about <laughs> a franchise trying desperately to get back to its greatest, uh, um, you know, time period. Uh, I do like the hire. I think that I think that the key, you know, I, I agree with Kyle in saying that uh, the offensive-minded coaches, I think, are the ones to to get at an, especially at a young age, right? Like, uh, like baby Mike McDonald here, 36 years young. Um, I still can't quite get over that, but, uh, um, yeah. And, and, but if you get a defensive guy, it is important that that guy, uh, delegates the offense to someone who knows what he's doing, you know, like D'Amico Ryans has done with, uh, Bobby Slowick. Okay. If, you know, for instance, um, so I, I, if Mike McDonald will do that, I think that's fine. Now, the mistake would be following the Mike Zimmer path, which is to want control over 
the offense, even though you hate offense. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, Mike Zimmer ran into that problem again and again and again. And in the modern NFL, it didn't work. And it was very frustrating. It was a very frustrating time, I think, for the Vikings because it was a good defense and an offense that was intentionally held back because they had a defensive mind and head coach. I think Mike McDonald is, is of the age and seems sharp enough so that he won't become Zimmer. He won't make that mistake. You will think he would fully delegate. Although I will say both brothers Harbaugh have traditionally featured run-based offenses. Yeah. Um, I mean, by the end of the Flacco era, I guess they were kind of throwing too much. But Jim, Denny can't stop about how much Jim Harbaugh likes to run. And John Harbaugh always yeah, typically been run-based offenses. So I think that they have questions of quarterback – and they have Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker. The Seahawks probably will have a very conservative offense. Um, but that will probably be the best approach, though, considering the personnel at hand, at least for 2024. They weren't super conservative last year, but I, I think that this is like, like let's get back. Let's get back to 2012, guys. It absolutely we're coming is. Up, we're yeah. Going all the way back. This, what a with, surprise with running Sloan back. and Ben Johnson tur- just straight up turning down jobs, though, like – I'm not sure who the next run is. dubious on, the, on this. I mean, I don't know yeah. if I believe this. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, the reasons for which they turned down jobs, I'm, I'm somewhat skeptical on. I mean, we had somewhat conflicting reports on like the rah rah Ben Johnson's coming back. The culture is great from some reporting outlets. And then others at the same time saying he just asked for too much money. So, like, but assuming he was asking too much money of any team that wanted to hire him. And, you know, writing off for whatever reasons Bobby Sloak chose to stay, throwing those two names out of the pecking order, to me, McDonald's probably number three. Like, I don't, I think he was probably the best hire, uh, certainly among the defensive coaches, but excluding the guys who turned down jobs, he's probably the best guy to hire amongst them because there really wasn't another, like, strong offensive mind. I guess maybe Dave Canales, who he got, I think, maybe one more head coaching uh, interview than he actually got maybe two it was a little under the radar. Whereas Sloak Johnson were the very obvious names. If you're moving to the second tier of head coaching hires. And like I said, the first year didn't get hired for whatever reason, this is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And Canales would have been the other guy. Like I said, but I, he was part of the Pete Carroll tree actually. And that, that was probably one reason they didn't go back to Dave. True, yeah. Not that he's the same kind of coach, but they probably for optics reasons or maybe like respect reasons for Pete. Didn't yeah, I was going to say it'd be weird just like a, out of respect. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Rabel, I guess, because we're Mike Rabel didn't get respect. Oh, he maybe yeah. maybe he's a bit of a prickly pair. Uh, so Bobby Sloak, by the way, I, I think very clearly just wasn't going to get a job. I'm, I'm not buying at all. Bobby Sloak. Yeah, I'm coming back to you. I, no, no, I no, wanted no. to come mm-hmm. back. After yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Johnson, it does seem a little weird. I, I, I still have never seen so much spin on a on a non-coaching hire before, like a dizzying amount of spin. But it did, mm-hmm. there does seem to at least, and it's not some, the same spin too. It's two. It's outlets spinning in absolutely yeah. opposite directions. But it seemed to be an actual chance he was just genuinely uh, wanted to come back, and that set such unreasonable demands that he knew no one would hire him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought is that maybe both sides are right. Like he was willing to say, like, pay me an absurd amount of money because that's that's what will take to lure me away from a very good situation. Would be the the sort of both sides are right type of spin. A review of the data says that Bobby Sloick was mid. I know. <laughs> he was. He really, really I, was. I mean, I'm sorry. There's like no no other way uh, about it. Like Would have been a catastrophe waiting to happen as a head coaching hire. Yeah, he would have been one and done. Um, and he will be one and done, I think, when he gets a job. Ooh, I, I love PFF, Bobby. But uh, CJ Stroud made all these guys. He made everybody in, in, in Houston. He should, he, he 
CJ Stroud deserves give him a head coaching job. One hundred percent of the credit. One hundred percent. Nobody else deserves any credit in that. On that I kind of that that is my like very very uh, like true guessing projection with Ben Johnson too. It, so I think he's getting way too much of the Dan Campbell glory. I, I just really, really, and like I, I keep trying to make the point. It's not really a particularly great point, but this Lions offensive turnaround started when Dan Campbell fired Anthony Lynn and then called plays himself. Right down the stretch in 2021, that they was like instantaneous. And Johnson's turnaround. been calling plays since that. Like he, he started calling the next two seasons. Right? Yeah, like, you were right it, about when the turnaround st- happened. Yeah. yeah, it started with Dan Campbell though, and. I think it's Dan Campbell articulating the vision. It's definitely Dan Campbell articulating the like go like at all costs ethos. Like we're going for it. We're aggressive. Um, I'm sure Ben Johnson, all the film knowers and ball knowers seem to think he's absolutely amazing. But that, that was another one where like uh, you're paying for Dan Campbell and you're getting. uh, Well, I I tend to disagree. So I think slow, vastly overrated, uh, propped up by CJ Stroud's elite play. I think Ben Johnson having to prop up Jared Goff, who is still not not good. He's not good. Okay, like he's he's mediocre. He's middling at best. At best. Okay, and and uh, so his ability to prop him up, I think, shows that Ben Johnson. I would much rather have Ben Johnson than Bobby Slowick. Not, not I would totally agree. absolutely. I, I especially think like one feather in Ben Johnson and Dan Cable's cap. It's it's hard to say exactly who it all comes from. Is the fact that we are in year three of Jared Goff and he hasn't been quote like figured out yet. Whereas like we even saw him get figured out with Sean McVay. Where yeah. like at a certain point the NFL is like, oh, this is how you beat this tandem, and they made it pretty obvious. Maybe that happens next year, this year in twenty twenty four. But like. It's very impressive that they have been so consistently good on offense for the past two years, and it doesn't seem like they're a team where like, oh, this is how you solve this matchup. Yeah, the slow thing just would have been pure desperation. Where Ben Johnson, a track record has been established. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And again, I, I feel like maybe he's getting a little too much of the Dan Campbell shine, but that's that could be refuted as Kyle just like there's definitely counter arguments to that argument. No, Ben Johnson actually is great. He would have been. He was like Ben Johnson was like my platonic ideal of a hire this offseason, yeah. even though um, there's a lot of risk with that. Yeah, my other sure, platonic- the, the risk with Ben Johnson is we don't know exactly how much of this success is is related to him, but it's a worthwhile risk to take. Like it's it's totally fair to acknowledge that risk though. My other platonic ideal of a hire was the greatest coach of all time, uh, Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. No one else seems to agree with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you who else was not my platonic ideal of a hire. And it's no offense to him. Seems like like the classic wonderful guy. All of his players love him. He's not a hardo. Like he's respectful to the media. He's just a good all around dude. But Dan Quinn uh, going to the Commanders. Just I don't. I, how is this any different than having Ron Rivera as the heck? I just genuinely don't understand. Uh, here's how it's different, genuinely and I think it's pretty understand. obvious if you actually watch the games. Uh, Dan Quinn wears his hat backwards. I know. <laughs> this is, I was thinking about your theory that the whole Dan Quinnessance has been solely because he wears his hat backwards. That's it. That's the only reason. It might be. He's 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 cool. He doesn't he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you think. He's Ken Griffey Jr. in 1994 wearing it backwards. <laughs> yeah, all his defenses crumble in all the most important games, including mm-hmm. even weirdly a Thursday night game against Geno Smith. Uh, but he's amazing. He, he must just be such a player's coach, but so was Ron Rivera. The players always loved Ron Rivera, uh, a defensive mind. If Ron Rivera, the commander's defenses probably would have been better if Ron Rivera got to still call the defensive plays. That was really troubling by the end of the Ron Rivera era. 
when I think I think he did start calling plays again down the stretch this past season. It's like, oh man, I should have been doing this the whole time. He should have something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, I probably should have. I mean, that uh, that's the problem. I've just real quick as an aside, that's that's the issue with defensive minded coaches is that they are tend to be really good at the defense part of the game, but not at anything else. Same with Belichick. Belichick, if you could remove <laughs> ego and history, Belichick would be an amazing defensive coordinator hire for somebody out there. I mean, this is relegating Bill Belichick to a defensive coordinator hire is just like patently absurd. I, 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 truly I, patently you know what's absurd. funny, though, is like mm-hmm. if you could remove the sort of media uh, attention it would draw, Belichick would legitimately love to be the special teams coordinator for Rutgers. Like, it's true. He, yeah. If you just let him sit in an office in wherever Rutgers is, it's somewhere on the East Coast. I don't actually it's in know. New Jersey. It's, in New, it's in Jersey. Sit in an office and just grind tape on the other team's punt gunners. He would absolutely yeah. love that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Bill, as we know, it's just he was like, Yeah, my guys, I gotta bring my, my guys with me. And they're like, Ooh, well, all your guys are some of the very worst assistants in football. Can you maybe not bring your guys? And he said no. And so then they hired Dan Quinn. Be honest with me here. Would you rather have Dan Quinn 2.0 or Bill Belichick, even with his guys? Well, I think Dan Quinn, I think the guys is the problem. I, I think the guys is the problem. We know exactly what happens when the guys show up on the offensive side of the ball. They ruin the offensive side of the ball. Well, Josh McDaniels has never really been accused of ruining the offensive side of the ball. I, I say this as the number one Josh McDaniels hater. Uh, where the, I mean, he still seems did to be you pretty see good. him as a head coach? He I, ruined well, it instantly. Well, yeah, again, as a head coach, he, I know. But he he's really never been like truth for his play calling. Look, uh, with the the cost and the commitment, I mean, you, the cost and commitment are off the charts for a Belichick regime to come in and install a military dictatorship. For so you. They'll, they'll just be then they'll be terrible for cheap the next three years of Dan Quinn. Like you at least take take a shot at greatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if I if pressed. If and you are pressing me, I will. I would take Belichick over Dan. Uh, Dan Quinn is seriously like my buy. Like uh, wouldn't even enter my thought process mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. retread candidate that I would want to hire. Like oh, I mean, I like we're it's a mid off. This is a classic mid off. <laughs> <laughs> I would have much rather like had Mike Zimmer, like uh, or like any almost anyone else uh, than Dan. Quinn. I think Dan Quinn is. I mean, he's like a good defensive coordinator, and we know what that's worth these days. But like. You're just getting a better defensive coordinator, but a guaranteed worse offense in in Belichick because we know who he's bringing in. I don't. I don't well, have I, a lot I, of. No, hold on. Josh McDaniels is probably better than any offensive coordinator Dan Quinn will hire. I, I hate yeah, that. Dan Quinn just, just luck into the next McVay disciple. Pick, pick his tight ends coach, who ironically the Patriots it, are maybe going to hire. We're not talking about like Joe Judge or Matt Patricia calling the plays or Bill, even Bill O'Brien. It pains me to admit it, but Josh McDaniels would easily be a better offensive coordinator than anyone Dan Quinn will hire. I think it's just a fact. No, nah, John McDaniels not good, and it literally you you say as as a matter of fact we're not. John McDaniels' John problem is, is leadership. Like he just comes in and like starts fighting everyone. Like I feel like he's never been accused like that he can't call plays. He can call. Plays. I don't I, think he can call plays. So, also, you say it won't be Joe Judge as if that's not if that's not an option. Totally, Joe Judge has a a six percent chance of showing up to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Dan Quinn, look, Dan, if you're listening, uh, you have. Almost no chance to get to year three here. Okay. Like, almost almost not. No. Okay. You have a yeah. small chance of getting to year two. Just let it all hang out. Like, I know. Like, they never do though. Hire hire like a 25-year-old offensive coordinator who refuses to kick field goals and punts and 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 punt. Just just go go all out. It doesn't matter. Dan Campbell kind of approached it like this. I mean, we would have said Dan Campbell was one and done. 
but when he was hired, right? I actually was a little intrigued by Dan Campbell because all the new I AG stuff. I was, was a hater. Aside from the kneecap stuff, he was almost talking like a Buddhist in his introductory <laughs> press conferences. I thought it was very interesting. Well, like, and and uh, you see that now today, still when he's like, it's harder to get back. Like you, we always think we're you know we think we're the next dynasty, but like we're gonna have to work twice as hard just to get back to this spot, which is a really like hard thing to grapple is, with. Yes, and he immediately sort of understands that, and I'm sure he's gonna communicate it well to his players. And that's just not something I was really impressed by. That's just not something you see. I will say, uh, Pat, to your point about Dan Quinn's not gonna hire anyone uh as as good as mcdaniel uh who i don't think is good at all you are probably right because last year when his name when dan quinn's name was floated out uh brian schottenheimer was floated out as a guy who could join him so it's man the mid-off of the most mid-offs between it would have been kellen moore probably if he hadn't already been hired by the eagles Uh, by the way the eagles did you see like the belichick rumors are already beginning in philadelphia by the way yeah i I blurred that the other day uh (laughs) they are they're keeping tabs on uh on bill belichick nick siri honey i mean it's like i said they needed to bring him back but Nah, never mind. Like this is, <laughs> this is bad. No, 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 it's bad. So this is this is actually. Uh, I forgot how the Doug Peterson thing went down. Where Peterson was not fired after right after the season, he met with the brass right. with Lori and and the G and with Roseman, and they said, "Look, you, you got to change fi- your staff. You got to fire everybody. You got to throw everybody under the bus, and we'll give you one more year, maybe." And he said, "I'm not doing that." He said, "Well, he said you're done." And they said the same thing to Sirianni, and he said happily, I'm throwing everybody under the bus. <laughs> it's great. And and uh, and and now he's he's finished, dude. If if the Eagles lose three straight games next year, Sirianni's done. He's being fired. It is the classic, like like uh, the what do we call it? Faustian bargain. I don't know what Sirianni like the cost he paid. Uh, he already lost. Like there's no winning at the yep. cost that he paid. Totally. I feel like we've seen this multiple times where like the entire regutting of the staff, unless you're like an established coach for like years and years, the entire regutting of the staff is the last thing you do before they give you your pink slip. Like you get a few, you get, you get three losses. They give you the three losses. You lose them eventually. And that's it. (laughs) Nick Sirianni. I, I, I guess that, do they still like list like real estate transactions on like online papers? <laughs> like Nick Sirianni is just on phillyinquirer.com. So why did Bill B. Belichick pay $2.2 $2 million? For <laughs> he said, oh, what a coincidence. Downtown a different Wolf. B. Belichick just yeah. got fired in New England. Yeah. I thought Boris Belichick. Never mind. Uh, so who we'll, – we'll stick with the pessimism for a second. Who was the most underwhelming of the coaching hires? Was it Dan Quinn? Mike McDonald, Raheem Morris, Dave Canales, Jim Harbaugh, Brian Callahan, Antonio Pierce, or Jared Mayo? Denny. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say Callahan uh, just because he's, it's he's so meh. I just so meh. I don't know. I I was kind of, you know, I, I listened to, to Kevin Clark a couple weeks or last week about about Callahan, and, and it gave me a little bit, a little bit of hope that, you know, a forward-looking offensive approach could be coming to the Titans, which as a fantasy head, I I enjoy that. I like I like that the prospects of of the Titans long the the hyper conservative run first Titans could be not not that in 2024. That would be cool, but I just it just feels so so underwhelming. And they jumped at it so quickly. I don't I don't mm-hmm. get it. Well, Maybe it was the ultimate process not like it was a young guy. It was the right coaching tree. Blah yeah. blah blah. Like the process was good with Brian Callahan. It just like was not a name that was on anyone's radar. He's never called plays. 
Yes. I was going to say that's another thing that's sort of interesting. Like that it's not the end of the world, but it's not great that it's not like the, the Bengals are the like world beating offense every year. And even when they are at their best, we got to give a lot of credit to the talent, which is incredible. They really have a core of talent. That's so hard to beat. So the fact that they're good, but they're not the best by a wide margin, like they're not overperforming expectations. I wouldn't say by a ton, like the dolphins, I think arguably overperform expectations. I mean, they do for sure. Like the, the 49ers, you, I know they're very talented, but to be the most efficient offense by a wide margin, Brock Purdy is your quarterback. They're overperforming expectations. Are the Bengals even doing that? No. And remember, every year they forget they're supposed to be pass heavy to begin the season. Mm-hmm. Every single year yeah. we're complaining, like, oh, why don't they uh why don't they throw the ball actually when they have yeah. Joe Burrow? Every year it's like, oh yeah, never mind. Week five, then they start doing the right thing. Yeah. Right, right. They're they're right at their expected pass rate for the first three or four weeks, and then they're 14% over it for the rest of the year because <laughs> because they're like, oh, right, 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 right. We have an elite quarterback and two of the best receivers in the league. I guess. I forgot. Um, the process, though, was fine. Although I feel like, sure, you know, in the copycat league, uh, the copycatting of Shanny and McVeigh has been working so well for seven to eight years or whatever. There's always a, a point at which the copycatting, uh, the returns uh, are fully diminished. And like where the new trends are going to begin, it's like not the trend you want to be chasing. And he certainly, Brian Callahan certainly said, we're getting near the bottom of the Shanny barrel. I'll say that. Uh, we are getting really near the bottom of the Shanny McVeigh barrel. Uh, with Brian Callen. Maybe it'll work, but at one point, one of these hires is not going to work. Uh, sure. So very, real quick back to Belichick. Uh, Belichick interviewed with the commanders. He did. Well, this was like stealth released after the fact, after they yeah. hired Dan. But I mean, that that's something. I didn't expect that to happen. I thought that the commanders would just be like, uh, I knew for, a, I'm not even kidding. I knew for a fact that they would. How could they not? Like you can't, Dan, Daniel Snyder's only gone nine months. You can't get all of it out of there. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> true. like they're the ultimate big name franchise. I mean, look, yep. I know Pat, I know you're going to go to your grave saying Belichick should have been hired in this cycle. OK, yeah, absolutely. I'm like still without me, uh, without question. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, you, you will. You will. No, never, I would just keep hiring. Never. I'd keep hiring Zoomers over him. I He should have been hired. Like, I don't care about him. You're going to hire an Aaron Donald merchant, but you're not going to hire like, like the, the goat merchant, the Bill Parcells merchant. The but, but do you mean an Aaron Donald merchant? What is that? Raheem Morse. Um, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying, no, I'm not going to argue Belichick versus even Quinn. I said I would take Quinn over Belichick. I don't care too much about that one. And with Morris, too, I also, if you want Belichick over him, fine. Skip over those guys to the Zoomers. Keep just line up the next 23-year-old, previously worked at PFF, uh, loves pass rate over expected guy. Which the, the last one actually doesn't apply to, to it, Bobby. Listen, listen. I, I have two. I have I have an angel and a devil on my shoulder. One of them is telling you Kyle's right. Kyle's right. I don't know which one. I by the way, I, I won't look. But but the other one's saying Pat has a point. Pat's making good points. Uh, but but the thing is, Pat, you you okay? Try try just real quick, real quick, just to separate yourself from the from your strong take on Belichick. His interpersonal skills are atrocious it doesn't matter it's never mattered people are overreacting to two bad seasons it's never even fine the first two seasons of mac jones it's never mattered it never mattered they they never lost it made it made him a terrible head coach in the nfl bill belichick a terrible head coach the past two years denny what are his splits without tom brady how do those look 
they still they were like one of the three or four best defenses in the NFL last year. They this hitched their wagon to the Mac Jones and it didn't work. I just I feel like he's a, a quarterback boy. failed once and all of a sudden he's apparently bad. He's a di- all their strengths were still right there last year. Yeah, he, he belongs to a bygone era. The bygone era of like being like top five in defensive EPA. I don't the, think the era of having Tom Brady. Era. I will say one thing that I will give Raheem Morris over. I when I remembered that Dan Quinn last year was linked to Brian Schottenheimer if he left, I was like, it's who who cares if if Josh McDaniel joins Belichick or if Brian Schottenheimer or I saw Chip Kelly was supposedly floated out too. Like who cares which one of these guys? To Raheem Morris's credit, uh, he immediately just started hiring McVay guys. Like he hired uh, Zach Robinson, I believe, the pass game coordinator, if I remember correctly. So like. If he's going to go out and be like outsourcing in the way D'Amico Ryan did to a Shanahan uh, offensive coordinator, if Raheem Morris is just comfortable outsourcing that entirely, that's probably better than Belichick, who's a better defensive mind than him, totally granted, but bringing in Josh McDaniel with then Joe Judge as a quarterback's coach or whatever. Well, Raheem Morris is a good retread candidate because every player vouched for him. Every player vouched for D'Amico Ryan's last year, and that turned yep, out really yep. well. Every player does vouch for Dan Quinn, too. Uh, True. So we'll see yep. about that. But, but I, the, the, the Belichick thing to me is the most fragile ego thing I've ever of all. Think of all the retreads that have been hired in the NFL, and seriously, no one will retread the winningest coach of the 21st century. Like to me, that you're just scared. You're just I mean, like look, scared. Look, and, I, you know, this I, I an excuse. The personnel, the offensive court, it's all I, an excuse, and you're just scared. Also, the Commanders are, would be an interesting spot for Belichick because they are a um, a team with resources to mobilize. Like that is where they're at right now. You put Belichick in the mix to mobilize resources. Something the Patriots were terrible at for the last three to four years. I like. Like, truly, what did the Commanders have to lose? Like, they had literally nothing to lose. It makes absolutely well, no. Th- this is the pr- they have the second overall pick. This no, is like no, the no. pivotal moment of their franchise. Belichick is like, well, we're taking JJ year. McCarthy, or I don't. Yeah, sign that's right. Him. Yes, Belichick would have blown that pick. He would have picked uh, an offensive lineman that he could have had in the third round. He'll he with this with the second overall pick because he's a dinosaur. He, he's he's, he's, he's a better objectively not balance. a dinosaur. Like. If they oh. would have been if a dinosaur they were allowing like 35 points a game. They were still almost winning every game with Bailey Zappi. Like he's just clearly he had a bad quarterback. People have overthought this to like the nth degree. I'll take this to my grave because he's never I do I do think the, the commanders is an would have been like an interesting bad spot because I don't I don't want him trying to figure out how to spend 70 million dollars. We saw him do that and he signed Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and Kendrick yeah. Warren. Yeah, it is absolutely Parker. fascinating that he will not seek help. Like just like get any help at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. He, like, still, he, he could be <laughs> he, he could have taken these Mac Jones teams to the moon had he been hiring a McVay guy and letting someone else do like I tell him now? Nah, oh, Max turns out Max Mac. This can't be safe. Mac couldn't even be managing. Mm, no, 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 he could, no. He could manage Mac. No, like you're Mac. You know Mac's problem. <laughs> the arms, not just the arms, the problem. Of course, Mac this is like is a, a zero demeanor. I think that's become clear. Like Mac doesn't oh, have like the temperament it takes to like be an offensive leader. Oh, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, dude, I think dude, they, dude melts they, down they, like the second he throws. No, a I, I agree. Like it, it's a cap ceiling. We're like arguing about very minor things, but what do they make? Do they get like bounced hard in the wild card round in max first? 47 to right? 17. 47 yeah. They got, they got, they got bounced bad, but imagine that team. If they didn't spend so much money on Tony Smith, Hunter, Henry, Devonte Parker, Kendrick Born, and they were well schemed on offense. Yeah. Again, it's, they're still very limited with Mac Jones. But, like Belichick is a, 
is maybe still the number one coach by a mile. We're not having this conversation if he just opens up a little bit to outside coaches or to a guy who can look at a contract and say, like, that's a terrible decision. There are just very minor introductions into his life he could add. Just one guy who's a, a little true. more he savvy. Hire one person under the age of like 40, and it would have been. I fine. know, like. We would have even a different guy under the age of 50. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. There are also boomers who can nail this too. It's not like this newfangled analytics tells you Joe Smith yeah. isn't good to pay for a four year contract. Most people would tell you that. Bill's unwillingness to compromise. He clearly agrees with me that I expect the wrong quarterback. What do you want to say? Yeah. That happens. Uh, real quick, who is the most impressive hire? Uh, all of them? I actually think Canales. I mean, because you you you're stuck with Bryce Young, uh, and you you got to get somebody to make him work, and Canales is that guy, and so the, it 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 fits a need. You know, the Panthers could have been like, no, you know what, we're going to be bad at quarterback, whatever. We're going to hire a defensive coach. We're going to have an elite defense, and we're going to have a tough running game, and that's how we're going to win. No, no, they said we're going to save this investment with Dave Canales with a young quarterback friendly coach. I think that's that's excellent. I, I actually hate to say this because the Panthers are such a a, a disaster otherwise. But Dave Canales was a out of the park hire. The only the, the strike against Dave Canales is that who hired him? Like I, I I'm worried he was hired because he was viewed as like easy prey for David Tepper. Like this is a guy who I'm going to be able to control. Oh well, this is like a, <laughs> that's funny. Like, this yeah, is this is the young man we've been looking for here, David. Um, but no, yeah, he's got the right resume for sure. To like a, a club, any club that lets me in as a club, I don't want to be a part of or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, yeah. any, any, or any coach hired by David Tepper, that is just a red flag because he's a bad owner, but throw that. I, that's a funny point. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. I, ignore that for a minute. It's really good. It's a good hire. And the two, the other, the, by far the best hire, not even close is Jim Harbaugh. Like not even remotely close. Sure. Like not, Denny doesn't agree with this take, but no, I'm in with this purely based on like, I don't care how he got to the most winningest coach of all time. Percentage wise, you got to give him some credit for that. I think he's literally fifth, uh, fourth or fifth win percentage, obviously it's a yeah. relatively small sample, but like, I'm I'm down to give him a shot in the same way that like I would be down to give Bill Belichick a shot over Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. Like totally I'm well, fine with it, that. He reached but, yeah, the, a championship game 75% of his seasons when his quarterbacks were Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, he doesn't even have yeah. the the sort of Bill Belichick knock where like things didn't work out well and he didn't have a quarterback. He did, like his quarterbacks are better than Mac Jones, obviously, but he didn't have Patrick Mahomes taking him there every year, right? Like he had a perfectly fine system of quarterbacks who you would not think he could get to those heights, and he did. And that's the only thing we saw from him in the NFL was only that incredible run. He's going to have to be less stodgy. He's going to have to change. But why? I mean, it was already a pass insane era, though, the first time, Denny. Um, I think he's just so good at fundamentals and coaching that it doesn't really matter. I think he's just so much better than everyone else at like the finer points. Kind of like Belichick in his heyday. Um, yeah, I think the problem, the problem with that, though, is especially when you play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, being stodgy playing against Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I actually kind of agree. You're not going to out Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, though. Like, where you, you got to do something different. That's and true. You're never going to out-pat Pat. Uh, that's that's the problem. The Chiefs are just winning like nine of the ten next Super Bowls. I know. It's all it doesn't matter who anyone hires. All this window dressing. You know, it is just window dressing for the entire league. It doesn't matter who your coach is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. I liked this. Real, uh, we should stop talking about this. I liked. I, I thought the Raiders had to. It was all vibes. They had to extend yep. the Antonio Pierce vibe, though. 
Like absolutely had to talk about. A we talked about there. we talked about this with offensive coaches uh, that are well with defensive coaches. They're offensive coordinators. They succeed, then they get hired away. I don't believe Pierce called defensive plays. I'm almost positive he didn't call defensive plays for this team. So any success on the offense and the defense, like prolonged success, will probably result in his coaches getting plundered away by other teams. That's a really difficult task to face, but it's not one we haven't seen work out before. It just yeah, is yeah. a another... Harbaugh Tomlin. Yeah, work. exactly. We've seen guys do it where like just their organizational skills and their team leadership skills are enough, but it is a short list of guys, but like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Not also the team literally told, told him they would revolt. Like Devonte Adams talked about, uh, like he talked about how he exclusively wanted it to be Pierce. Max Crosby. I don't know if this came directly from him, but like obviously it was leaked from his camp was saying that he would request a trade if they didn't have Antonio Pierce back. Like, what the hell are you going to do, man? Of course, this is a hire. It makes sense. Yeah, I was actually afraid of what would happen with Crosby if Pierce was not hired. Like, I, I mm. feel like I feel like Crosby would have like got like gone into the wilderness and and lived forevermore. So Mark Davis had uh, briefly evacuated Las Vegas. That's yeah, decision. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it, I was I was scared. I was scared for what Crosby. Did. By the way, so I put in the show sheet to quote scream about Bill Belichick for ten minutes, but we did it for twenty instead. No, that's good. Cool. Really. So, <laughs> Uh, we need time for a quick break. We will be right back after this. The countdown to spring training is on. So for those looking to get a head start on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles to ensure your draft is a success. Visit NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BASEBALL24 to get 10% off at checkout. And don't forget, Find all your favorite NBC sports shows and Amazon music. Said to amazon.com slash NBC sports. Really good stuff with the draft guide that I helped edit. Uh, Matthew Poliot, a legend, his projections every year. People get really mad about two or three players every year in Matthew Poliot's projections, and then they're always correct. Really? Um, yeah. He's how, do, how does he feel about uh, L.A. De La Cruz? Because that, that's the one that the anyone who has vibes hates the projections on. Is he that way too? He's probably a hater. Uh, Poliot. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. He likes speed. Uh, he does like speed. I know. I know he's he's, he's the controversial analytics doesn't like him player this year. That's what I remember. No, yeah, they did not like him at all last year. So I'll pick up the magazine and find out. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Trent Balky. Uh, why are we talking about Trevor Lawrence? I don't know why I put this in here. Uh, but Trent Balky, mostly so Denny can. I was going to say you bleep, can form a bleep all over him. Yeah, uh, Trent Balky, Denny has uh, has quote no doubt Trevor Lawrence is the Jaguars' long term QB. He took a big step back. Big's a little strong. Took a step back in 2023 though. After taking a step forward in 2022, injuries did not help 
down the stretch. Uh, getting into the final two years of his rookie deal, Denny, how do we feel about the vote of confidence from Trent Baalke, uh, most famous for chasing Jim Harbaugh out of San Francisco? Yeah, look, um, when you when you have to come out after a guy's third full NFL season, after you drafted him first overall, and you have to tell the fans and the football-consuming public that he's our, he's our guy. This is our guy. That's a problem. It, it's it's just a problem. I, I don't really know if there's much else to it beyond, you know, they should be, Lawrence and the Jags should be at a point where nobody, nobody is asking that question. No one would even dare think it, it would be like like saying, is Josh Allen the future of the Bills? Is Patrick Mahomes the future of the Chiefs? The answer, yes, 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 yes. With Lawrence, it's like, well, I mean, probably for sure, definitely, almost definitely. Um, and and so that that's that's an issue. The the excuse making is really tremendous, top notch, top notch. I, I I will say, is always something. It's always an injury. The offensive line is an elite. That he doesn't he's not throwing to Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens in their prime. Oh. You know, it like like all the all this stuff, all this stuff, right? They're stuck with him forever. Okay, forever. I mean, they, they're going to have this guy for at least the next 10 years. And that's purgatory, I think, when you have Trevor Lawrence. You're in purgatory. Now, can they... Yeah, that feels very strong to me. It's, it, I mean, it's it's the better end of purgatory. It's not Andy Dalton purgatory, but it's still purgatory. What's the heaven side of purgatory? Not it's, it's, like real, it's like real close. Like, you, you're, you like, reaching... You can, like, get up, like, on, on the cloud, like... St. Like Peter's one, jingling the St. Peter can see your not, hand. Not and you're, yet. And you're, not yet, man. Peter, Peter. Then Patrick Mahomes just comes over and kicks you down. He's like, "No, you're not <laughs> up here at all, buddy." But, but yeah, and and um, and uh, Balky recently said uh, this was a this was a growing year for Lawrence. Grow a growing year. It's the third year. There's there's no more growing to do. I mean, really? That seems kind of strong. No, 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 no. Well, the third year, Josh Allen was a little grower, but he he did he did grow in the third year though. In the third the in the third year, right? Um, uh, also, uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, said and so I wish I had the quote, but if only if only someone could have done the research for me. He had a quote in the off last off season where he said, "Look, like we came in and we found a quarterback who like wasn't ready for prime time, and and that was a little bit surprising." He said it in very nice words and like the most congenial way possible. But he basically said, "We had work. We had some major work to do with this kid, Lawrence." And I don't think that that's the way he was sold to us, the the football public. He was sold to us as the finished product, the 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 the, the literally uh, the the perfect quarterback prospect, and he wasn't. Well, it is true, but they did then no proceeded to do no work with him his rookie year, which was like a tax write off essentially. <laughs> yeah, the most wasted rookie season in history. Yeah, the most wasted rookie season and maybe the entire history of the NFL. He deserved a bit of a pass for the sophomore year. Where he was very good. He made the divisional round. And just, uh, yeah, and the ball knowers have sworn revenge. They said that Trevor Lawrence is still very good and that we will be sorry, basically, forever doubting him. He, I'm already he saying this brewing on Twitter. I have to say, occasionally, I, when I'm forced by you to watch a game, I, I, do, I do see Lawrence make a throw. And I'm like, oh, man, like not many guys can make that throw. But then I see him wind up for a deep ball. And he looks like Alex Smith. And I'm like, wait, wait, what, what is this? Where are this guy's physical tools? I, I, are they there? I mean, are, are we talking about the same guy? When, when I hear that he's Megatron, I've been hearing him described as Megatron of quarterbacks. Perfect in every way. A machine. He's not a machine. Like Joe Flacco has a much stronger arm than Trevor Lawrence. 
He does. That is the, I almost think of Alex Smith as a favorable comp for him. Like it's yeah. kind of a negative comp, but he is trending kind of in the Alex Smith career direction. He had a much better start to his career than Alex Smith, I'll say. And again, as a as a as the head of a franchise, as the face of a franchise, you couldn't ask for anything more. Okay, like he he's a, a really seemingly very good guy. You know, has has the look about him. Like he's very like cut like, out of granite. Yeah, per, he's perfect with the media. So you couldn't the Jags couldn't ask for anything more from him on a personal level. But they're going to have. I, in order to be to actually compete for a Super Bowl, Trevor Lawrence, they're going to have to be an incredible defensive team. They're not going to get there on his back. Do you have any counter takes to this, Kyle? Um, development's non-linear. The thing is, it's not always a straight direction. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Is maybe he's better <laughs> next year? I, you know, because like he was like you, like you said, I totally write off his rookie year. I think Urban Meyer's the worst coach in my lifetime, and mm-hmm. I don't give almost any penalty to Trevor Lawrence for that. He was really bad and he probably deserves a penalty, but I'm not even going to give it to him. The second year was really good. And that he was like a fringe top 10 quarterback in a lot of the metrics. The fact that the second, well, the, you know, I think of it as the second year, the third year was like you said, not a massive step back, but they added weaponry for him. It was his, what I think of as his second year in the NFL. And he didn't improve in the slightest. And he stepped back is a concern. Does that mean he can't then make the leap next year? No, he definitely can. But like we're the clock's ticking. We are about ready to see it. We got to get it. It makes me, Denny said there's a lot of excuses made Trevor Lawrence, which is true, but it does make me too wonder about Doug Peterson stagnated pretty quickly in Philadelphia. I see like already stagnating like very quickly in Jacksonville too. And Doug Peterson stagnating plus Trent Balky on the sticks is a yeah. bad combo. That is a really, really bad combo. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if like Trevor Lawrence was an MVP finalist next year. I just haven't seen anything to really remove that from his range of outcomes to me. But it was a concerning year. Uh, you know who else had a concerning year? Uh, he did because he uh, tore his Achilles, Kirk Cousins. So that was concerning uh, since he's very old, especially. Uh, where will he be starting? Because of the reports, you know, of course, like Aaron Rodgers, apparently not every Achilles now is just wildly ahead of schedule. And yeah, that's yeah, the only thing. It's all the cool thing now when you tear your Achilles to be seven months ahead of schedule. Uh, Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings have made the Super Bowl, Kirk Cousins will be starting. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you joke, but that's exactly what his wife said. That actually is right. <laughs> oh, God. That, that was his, his, his wife said Kirk's trying to get there so that if they get to the Super Bowl, he, he'll be able to play. Th- th- that would have given him a seven-week time, eight-week yeah. time frame. I don't, I don't even know. It's too early to talk about Kirk Cousins. I don't really know why I put this in here, but the, the sort of the news thing that he's ahead of schedule. Yeah. Is he, he going to be back with the Vikings? Or you think they're finally ready to move on? He's going to be back. I don't, I don't think they've got it in their hearts to move on. I think he's I back think two, three back. for three. You don't unsee the two Jaron Hall starts, the whatever, like six Josh Dobbs starts, the two, the two or three. You really don't see the Nick Mullins ones. Oh, get, get, um, lay off Nick Mullins. No, Nick Mullins was the best, the, the best non-Cousins Vikings quarterback. You don't unsee those. Oof, man, that's really an, an indictment. Congrats, hang a banner on that one, the best non-Vikings. <laughs> it is the problem. He can't, he can't be just a one-year deal. It's like they have to give him like at least a two-year deal because someone will give him a two-year deal. So that is like the problem. I mean, I would move on from it. If it's my choice, I'm like, we've seen exactly what he can do. And when the circumstances are perfect, he can get you blown out in the wild card round. But like, just where does he, there's just, there's not the time for development anymore. This is who he is, which is undoubtedly a top 16 quarterback and undoubtedly not a top 10 quarterback. Like we have a lot of data to say we can, 
pretty much pinpoint the talent level of this guy. The team is is a pretty solid team. I just don't see where they take the next step. What can they do to possibly become a Super Bowl contender? I don't think they really have that option, which sucks because like the mid-range of quarterbacks, like these guys are really, really good at football. He's one of the 16 best people in the world at the thing he does, and that is not good enough to be a championship caliber quarterback. That's yeah, pretty sad when you put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's really not good enough to be a championship caliber uh, quarterback anymore. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, where did this Raiders thing come from, Denny? Do you remember? There's a rumor about him going. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler talked to an, uh, an NFL executive who said that uh, there would be mutual interest between the Raiders and uh, Russell Wilson. Um, because uh, mostly because, uh, well, two two reasons: the Raiders are quarterback thirsty, like almost like nobody else, and uh, uh, Russell Wilson had the Raiders on his original wish list when he when it was clear that he was leaving Seattle uh, a few years ago, um, and it almost worked out apparently. So uh, I think I think it makes sense. I think that the dot connecting would make sense. I I tweeted uh, <laughs> tweeted some numbers that made Russell Wilson uh, look look pretty good, uh, look like a top 12-ish quarterback. Someone pointed out that if you um, include garbage time, you'll see that he was actually producing a lot in garbage time and was not actually good. Well, see, the only thing that could make him look good are the numbers because watching him yep. uh, play, he never once looked good. Numbers don't know that that Brandon Johnson 80-yard touchdown came in a meaningless <laughs> loss to the commanders. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so who – I mean, but they they have to take him over Aiden O'Connell. They cannot start Aiden O'Connell. Do they O'Connell. really? I mean, I don't actually don't know about that. No, I mean, I would, I would assume you play Aiden O'Connell to say, like, maybe there's a chance he's the guy. But more importantly, your two outcomes are he's the guy, which is great. It's unlikely. Or you lose a bunch of games and you get to draft a good quarterback next year. That's – I mean, that's the thing is all of these teams are almost unanimously afraid to lose – a bunch of games for one year. They just have no ability to take their medicine and lose a few games for the betterment of the franchise. Like even if like Aiden O'Connell, your evaluation doesn't matter. The outcomes are only good with him over the long run of starting him. He's either bad and you lose a bunch of games and that's fine because you get a good quarterback or he's good. And that's also good. And that's possible. Yeah. When you exclude garbage time, you have Russell Wilson with the same, drop back EPA is like Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs, and Desmond Ritter. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. I thought it was going to be even better than that, honestly. Um, It's uh, it's not good. Russell Wilson, get ready to learn Carson Wentz, buddy. Um, It is amazing. I mean, I think we've gotten used to quarterbacks never falling off a cliff because of – I know. That is so true. But, wow, this guy fell off a cliff. Woof. Yeah, people are, have renormalized falling off a cliff at quarterback. I mean, I kind of appreciate it. I was even like, Ben Roth, <laughs> even Drew Brees did at the end. Uh, oh, the only ones who never did were Brady and kind of Rodgers. Rodgers was totally Rodgers because his revival makes there a non-cliff. I know his last year in Green Bay was not great, but like I'm not gonna, I'm not ready to call that the cliff yet. The fact that he came back from like it was two looking cliff like I will say it was looking cliff like when they when with Breeze when they started to have to bring in Jameis Winston for any play over 20 yards. I just thought this is <laughs> they did they went 12 and four his final season though. I was just oh wow, 
Yeah, his final ever career. I mean, Manning Manning is like the goat cliff I've ever seen. I've never seen a steeper cliff than the Manning cliff. And somehow, like, because the the actual goat of football, Tom Brady, did not fall off a cliff, we like tricked ourselves into thinking the cliff doesn't exist for quarterbacks. Because I agree, I didn't really think about that, but like most of them do. Of course they do. It's really freaking hard to play football at a high level because of the physical properties of the game. One man beat the allegations. Almost no one else he did. Like Breeze said, came close. Breeze came pretty close. He, I mean, he changed. He just had to change the way he played football so, so, so much. But they did make it work to a degree. And now that he literally can no longer throw, that's what the stuff he had to do. He can no longer throw a football. Producer Adam made a suggestion, by the way, that I was gonna just do anyway. We're all, we're skipping all these other coaching topics, guys, and we're just going to the Ravens. Ball. We never talk about the Ravens. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There's going to be so many Ravens recriminations this offseason. Yes. Uh, but we're, we're not going to go with the negative stuff. Well, the first of all, will Dave Flowers be a wide receiver too next season? Odell Beckham heading back to free agency. Rashad Bateman's heading back to number four on the depth chart. Uh, <laughs> they contained many, many multitudes in the AFC Championship game. But it was a career high for yards, 115. Did you guys see enough to give Zay some wide receiver two steam heading into 2024? I think he he dominated targets through stretches in the season that I gave some hope that, you know, he, despite not being like ultra efficient, that he could just get, get by on that sort of volume, especially if this Ravens offense remains sort of, uh, you know, balanced, we'll say balanced because they're, they definitely weren't pass heavy, but uh, they had enough volume, I think to keep him afloat and to keep Andrews afloat. I, I think, I think top 24, Makes sense, makes sense, but I, I I do think that he's pretty. There's a pretty hard cap on his upside because because of Andrews. Well, just I also think there's been a hard cap on Lamar Jackson receivers. Like how many we've yes. seen we've seen like uh like the rug pull now with every every Hoda or excuse me every Lamar Jackson receiver Kyle. But uh, I mean, is, like, are is Zay going to be the guy who breaks the streak? Yeah, I mean, I do think Zay will be the one who produces like wide receiver two or wide receiver two adjacent numbers year over year because like Marquise Brown was like, wasn't he literally our only other strong contender at any point? I mean, like Bateman suggested he could be, but like, I just don't know what that guy has to offer in terms of fantasy value independent of his offense, you know, coupling that with his offense. It's just not there. So yeah, I think, I think 
Flowers has the best shot. Uh, you told me to bring up some of the receivers I wrote about in my receivers wow. recap. He was one who I thought was his, his usage was really interesting because he saw a ton of behind the line of scrimmage and sub 10 a dot targets, short area stuff. They were scheming him looks. He also earned short area targets, but then he didn't completely fall off a cliff on going downfield. He was actually a pretty reasonable rate of deep downfield targets, like 20 plus air yards. It was that 10 to 20 yard stretch of like these chain moving, like very AJ Brown esque targets that he just didn't see much of. He was a playmaker in the truest sense where he has the speed to beat you deep. But he also has the speed to beat you with the ball in his hands. Let's do both of those but not do any of the stuff that happens in between there. And that kind of reminds me of Devonta Smith, where I think he has rounded out his game a lot more since entering the NFL, but he was very playmakery in college, where he had the speed to beat you deep and was a great yak guy, but he didn't have the full complement of, of routes and route tree and the targets that are associated with that. And I think based on his size and his usage as a rookie, that may sort of be where flowers is stuck for a lot of his career where you say like, he could like, I hope they add more receiving talent because Bateman just hasn't worked out. Odell is just doesn't have it anymore where we could be saying, Oh, he'd be a number one on a lot of other teams, but he's not on this one. I think that's a great role for him. And I think that's ultimately where he settles in the fact that he has a two time, I assume two time MVP quarterback. And he was really productive as a rookie. I don't care a ton that it was gimmicky. It wasn't traditional in that sense. The fact that he already has been productive. He already, we already know he has a great offense. I'm going to draft him as a top 24 receiver either way. Even the projections say he's more of like a wide receiver, 20, the 29 receiver, whatever. He's young, productive, tied to a good offense. Those are strong bets to make independent of like the nitpickiness of his usage. I really like it. Yeah, I think that was pretty good. Kyle, real quick, tell people about your articles that are on the site before we get to Mark Andrews. Um, you have two articles currently up on rotorworld.com getting the offseason rolling for us. Yeah, I have – Four articles, technically. It's two two-parters of recapping the rookie running backs and rookie receivers. Gave it like a dynasty and redraft spin, but also just talking about their successes and some of the failures. Another one was, uh, we can talk about this another time, but Rasheed Rice is going to be super interesting. It's like so, like one of a record low ADOT type of player as a rookie, but like dude was very productive with Patrick Mahomes and guess who's going to be his quarterback next year? Like do we really have to get that in the weeds on it? I don't know. That's just it's like, not only was he like, you know, the low eight on stuff is frustrating. I would love to see him push the ball more than five yards downfield, like a 5.2 eight out during the regular season. Like I said, it, it's Jarvis Landry levels of low. It's the last player who actually had an eight out that low, oh. but like, man, he was also really efficient in that role. He wasn't just like they got him the ball and he fell over. He was one of the best yak producers since PFF has tracked the stat in the history of the NFL, you know, in the history of the past 20, almost 20 years. Like sometimes just take the player who seems good and plays with Patrick Mahomes and let the A dot work itself out would be my take on it. Sorry. Now, uh, get ready to orient uh, the Thursday show in two weeks around your articles when we have nothing to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'll have two more out then. I'll, I'll have quarterbacks and tight ends up. By so we're going to have to really dig into those uh, real quick. Is, I called in our season ending blurb. I said that Mark Andrews was probably post peak. It's going on 29. The injury history is getting a little lengthy. Isaiah likely this appears to be actually good. What do you think about Mark Andrews had out of guaranteed money? I mean, they're not going to cut him. They might restructure him and extend him. But what do you think of Mark Andrews Denny heading into 2024? Well, uh, I think it's worth noting that Andrews had the second worst yards per route run of his career this year, 1.93, which is not terrible, but it is I think it was way fourth below. in the NFL, or maybe it was eighth. One of his numbers was fourth. Yeah, it and was, tight end, you mean. A tight end, you mean, right? Yeah, among tight ends, to be clear. Among, among tight, tight ends. ends, yeah. 
uh, but it's way below his his career highs. Uh, I, I will say that the his usage was encouraging in the Todd Munkin offense, uh, 80% slot rate, which is by far a career high. Um, his career, career mark in that category has been 65%. So that, I think that's significant, uh, you know, putting him in, in a position to be a pass catcher. Um, the increased pass volume for the Ravens obviously is going to be good for him first and foremost, since he is Lamar Jackson's quote unquote bread and butter, according to Lamar himself. Uh, yeah. I mean, do I think his best days are over? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I also think that he can just get away with it for a while longer because of his like preeminence as the number one target in this offense. And, you know, look, I just laid out a case for him, like falling off. He hasn't fallen off a cliff. I don't think that he'll do that for at least another year or two. So I'm, I'm good with him going into 2024. Tight ends have also been aging pretty well. Yeah. They, they kind of always aged well, but they continue to age well. So the injury history is a bit concerning for Mark Andrews, but uh, hopefully he doesn't get hip dropped. No. In, uh, 2024. Cause that was pretty brutal. Speaking of a bit concerning of uh, the runtime of this podcast went a little longer than we were expecting. Uh, we didn't get to a lot of topics. Man, I don't know. I don't know why am I so hung up on the Belichick thing? Uh, you, you again. <laughs> you are going to your grave. You're also uh, shortening your lifespan by, uh, <laughs> by by working yourself up so much. About Most of your adult life, the Patriots were extremely good. I mean, they're the best dynasty of football and one of the best in sports. Your life for a long time, given that you worked in football as well, was oriented around this orbit of Bill Belichick being the best coach of all time. And whether he's good right now or not, he's definitely the best coach of all time. There's no no sort of doubting that. Uh, greatest maybe is, is a way I can rope Denny into this, like greatness in terms of accomplishments. Uh, the fact that that's being taken from you must be very concerning. Well, no, I, I was a hater my entire when They shattered my innocence in Super Bowl 36 <laughs> when they committed pass interference every single play yeah. on the St. Louis Rams receivers, and they had to literally change the rule book. The Patriots cheated so much. Um, <laughs> you know, that's fine. That's fine. We're not. We're over it. We yeah, I mean, you on. you definitely you have been over it since you were 18 years the old. The team moved. Yeah, we don't even care. <laughs> we'll stop caring about it. We, so we don't even like football. You can have it. The fact that they literally uh, re- recorded the walkthrough and then watched it. We don't care about that. No, so. no. It, it, they, that Super Bowl should definitely not be vacated. No, it should not. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Uh, no, never <laughs> once blogged extensively about that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No, I never broke. Thankfully, it was before my writing day, Super Bowl 36. So Super Bowl 58. Denny Carter and I will be there next week. Check yep. it out. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah, we will be there. Check out the Friday morning blurbs. I'm picking up an extra. <laughs> yeah, check them out. Check them out from Kyle Dvorak. But Denny and I will be in Paradise, Nevada next week, coming at you every day. So for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.